Last week we talked about Proverbs 27.12. This week we're going to focus on yielding. What does it mean to yield to God and, and why do we yield when we're, when we're focused on the road signs in our life? So we see a danger, and this should be our prayer. This was from last week. When I'm on a road and it's the wrong road, I want to recognize the warning signs early and I want to change courses. God, I want to change courses. That's what we kind of talked about last week. We've talked about how it's your direction, not your intention, that determines your destination. We've talked about that the past two weeks. It's kind of one problem. We don't always know the future. With the path principle, we don't always know the future. The decisions you make today will put you on a path. They'll put you on a path, but you don't know where they're going to end up. Can you see the end? No, only, only God can. So it's important that we yield to Christ. So we think that if we just had the right information... If, if we knew enough about certain things in our life, if we knew enough about colleges, if we knew enough about homework, if we know enough, we should be able to go down the right direction, right? Let's be, let's be honest for a second. You guys probably already all know somebody like this or yourself um, who's very smart in a certain area, whether it's school, whether it's sports, whether it's flying airplanes, whatever it is. You're very smart, but yet you can make very stupid and dumb decisions in that area. I have a couple friends that are like that. I, myself, I can't really say I'm smart in any area of life, so I can't really say I'm like that. Um, but you look a little further down the road, once you do that, you, you think you know everything, you look further down the road, and you're like, oh, if I'd have known this, it would have been a lot easier back there. If I'd have known two plus two, I'd have known what six plus six was at the beginning, right? Something like that, just simple. But if we're honest, our poor decisions aren't really because of lack of information, if we're really honest. We would have made the decision or the choices that we made regardless, whether it's um, stuff that's going on in your life, whether it's drinking, whether it's addictions you might struggle with. Some of those things, no matter how smart we are, we just make the wrong choice. So tonight, we're going to be talking about Solomon. You guys know a lot about Solomon? Some of you might, some of you might not. Solomon was 17 years old, and his father David dies, King David from the Old Testament, his father dies, he's 17 years old, and he's the next heir. So he's all of a sudden the king of Israel. So it's kind of like the Princess Diaries. You guys remember those movies? I was pretty young, so you guys might have been a little bit younger, but it's kind of like the grandma comes over, says, hey, you're like my next heir to Genovia. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I'm sorry. My man card is gone. Um, so he remembers that, and then it's just like, she's like, What? I'm supposed to be the queen. And so they train her up and, and all this stuff. But it's, it's different with Solomon. They basically came to Solomon and said, Hey, so your dad died. You're the next heir. Here's your, here's your throne. Here's your nation. Good luck. He, he's the king. So one night, shortly after Solomon had been made king, God communicated to him in a dream. He comes to him in a dream and says, Solomon, what do you want? Anything you want, I'll give to you. Now, this is the only time in Scripture we kind of see it like this, where God is like, anything you want, I'll give to you. We don't see that anywhere else. So imagine you're Solomon. God asks you this. What would you say? Hey, I want a Ferrari. Hey, I want all of my school paid off. Hey, I want to never have to work a day in my life. What would you say to that? And what do you think Solomon said? Wisdom. Wisdom, yep. <laughs> Thank you. So, so Solomon says, God, I am so overwhelmed. I have to lead this nation. I have to, I have to make decisions for these people 
to guide them, direct them. I have to defend this nation. I need wisdom. I need understanding. I need judgment. I need discernment. It's probably what you guys would have asked for, right? I mean, you might ask for like, God, help me on this test. I really need help. I didn't study. Something like that. So we know it comes in handy at, at certain points. But for Solomon, wisdom was the greatest desire of his heart. That's what he needed most at that time, and that's what he asked for. And God was so pleased with Solomon's request. This is our response. It's going to be up on the board. If you guys want to, turn to 1 Kings chapter 3 in your Bibles. We're going to read verses uh, 11 to 14. So God responds and says this. Since you have asked for this and not for long life or, or for wealth, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will, be, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. So Solomon was literally the wisest man in the kingdom, the wisest man to walk walk Israel, and he was one of the greatest kings ever walked the earth. So if there's anybody who could ever say this to God, it was Solomon. He's saying, God, you know what? You gave me all that stuff. You gave me my wisdom. You gave me my, my understanding, my judgment, my discernment. Go ahead and take a break. I don't need it for now. I don't mean I don't, I don't really need you, but go ahead, take a break. Take five. Go have a recess. Go in a candy bar. Get a pop, whatever. Solomon was the only person who could ever say that to God. But in Proverbs, Solomon wants to tell his son something different. He wants them to know that when they come to a crossroad in life, when they come to a hard decision in life, that they need to trust in the Lord. So turn to Proverbs 3. This is going to be the key passage tonight. So write that in your blanks if you want. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to read verses 5 to 7, but just 5 for right now. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Solomon wants his sons to know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He doesn't say this. He doesn't say, well, okay, sons, when you come to a crossroad, when you come to a problem in life, here's, here's what I normally do. Since God gave me all this judgment, he gave me this wisdom, this knowledge, I just carry that around. And so when I come to something, I kind of just like look at it, and you're like, oh, I, hmm, okay, yeah, this. And I just go in. I just go in and do it. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, you know what, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. When you're struggling and you don't know what to do, where to go, I'm an author. Here. Here's some books. Go ahead, read them. Anything you want, right there. Anything you want in life, anything you need to know, found in these books. I wrote them. So they're probably going to be pretty smart. No, what does he say? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's not up there anymore, but it's in your Bible, so look in your Bible, all right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in God in every arena of life. Lean hard into God himself Because the answer to life is in the person of God. You guys get that? Lean hard into God himself because the answer to life is in the person of God. That's pretty powerful. So Solomon even goes on to clarify his meaning by giving us the opposite 
of trusting God. He says, lean not on your own understanding. The Hebrew phrase here literally means to prop yourself up on something. So if I come over here, I'd lean on the, st- the stand, but that probably wouldn't work. So if you go like this and you lean here, is this supporting me? Yes, so that's, that's what I'm leaning on. It says, don't do that to yourself. Well, if it's God, you basically, I mean, you want to climb up on it and lay on it, basically. But not, not with yourself. So think about this. Solomon was the wisest man to walk the earth at this point. He was the wisest man. And he is telling us to not lean on our own understanding. So if you guys, if you're a football player, volleyball player, or you play a musical instrument, and the, and the best football, volleyball player, or best person that ever played the instrument in the world came to you and said, hey, you're doing this wrong, do it like this, would you listen to him? Oh, yeah, you would listen to him. So if Solomon, the wisest man on the earth, comes to you and says, hey, don't lean on yourself, lean on God, go to him, would you listen to him? I, I mean, I sure hope you would, I would. So he, he, isn't, he isn't saying that you shouldn't gather knowledge. I mean, that's, that's smart too. It's not something like, oh God, I'm going to leave it all up to you. No, you've got to know your stuff still. He's not saying that you shouldn't gather knowledge from every experience or from everybody you know, the experiences they've had, the knowledge and wisdom that they might have. He's not saying that. But he's saying don't make the mistake of thinking that you're old enough, you're smart enough, you're cool enough, you're slick enough to talk yourself out of any situation. You're careful enough. Don't make those mistakes. Lean on God. So here's the part that's kind of counterintuitive. Direction doesn't begin with a search for direction. Direction begins with surrender. You begin by trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. Direction doesn't begin with a search for direction. Direction begins with surrender. That's a kind of a tough word, surrender. Nobody likes that word in in Christianity, surrendering. As Brad kind of told me a little while ago, surrendering is kind of the essence of Christianity. So it's important that we do that. So that means choosing to lean into God in the area of relationships, even if you don't know where God's going to lead that relationship. It means trusting and leaning on God with your future, even if you don't know where your future is heading or what you want to do with your future. It essentially means... Deciding that you are not going to wait until you have three bad choices and then go to God. It means you're not going to get so far down this path of sin until you have three bad choices. You have nowhere to go but God. Let God in first. Avoid all that. Avoid all that. It's easy to. Let God in. Surrender to God. Trusting in Him with all your heart and not leaning on your own understanding before you get one of these warning signs. Before you, before you end up with, with a dead end. Solomon repeats himself in verse 6 for emphasis. So verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways. So what does that mean? What does all your ways mean? Does that mean church? No. It means everything. It means your relationships. It means your entertainment. It means your education. It means everything you do acknowledge God. It's not just Sunday morning. It's not just Wednesday night that you acknowledge him that you ask for change. It's every time, every time you do something. It means you begin to say to God, God, you are the Lord over my friendships. God, you are the Lord over my relationship. God, you are the Lord over my weekend. What I'm going to do this weekend, I don't know, but God, you're the Lord over it. You control me. I want to acknowledge you in all my ways. 
And here's his promise. God leaves us with a promise. He will make your path straight. That's not just, oh, you know what, if if you lean on me and if you acknowledge me, um, depending on the day, I might feel pretty good. I mean, if I'm in a happy attitude, happy mood, yeah, I'll make your path straight. No, it's saying he will. He will make your path straight. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight. It doesn't mean the path will be easy. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to see miles down the road, but God will push you in the right direction. It's kind of like you're at a staircase. When you're at a staircase, especially a winding one, can you see the end of it? Probably not, not a winding one. But you know how to get there. You take it step by step. So God is going to push you step by step to get to that future. And each step you you go up, the closer you get and the more you can see about your future. The next step you see. The next step you see. That's kind of how how it is with God when when we acknowledge him. He, He pushes us closer to where he wants us to be and where we should be. So Solomon actually closes this little mini lesson in verse 7. Um, so it's kind of like another emphasis. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So in week one, Brad kind of talked about how, how Solomon is saying we are more like we are like ignorant in our youth. That we should go to the, the older generation to... to get this wisdom, um, and even with all that wisdom and all that knowledge, we still, we still might not be on the right path. So Solomon's life was not like 100% amazing like, like it looks like right now. You guys know Solomon, he kind of fell away, fell away big time. He didn't always trust in God. One time he slipped and it just led him down that wrong path until he had nowhere to go. So Solomon needs to know how to, how to protect his nation, how to protect Israel. How do you protect Israel? Well, other nations, what they do is they would, they would have their daughters marry the, the king or the prince of another nation, and that way they'd be protected. They'd be allies, right? Well, Israel was commanded not to do that because that's kind of cross-religious, um, cross-cultures kind of thing. But Solomon does it anyway. So it's like he's, he's in the candy aisle. You guys ever go down the candy aisle in the grocery store? It was the hardest aisle to go down when you were a kid. I hated it. I always ask my mom and my mom would get mad at me like, Ben, no, we can't have that. So he's in the candy aisle with his mom, and he looks over here, and he sees, oh, hey, there's a recess. I'm going to go check that out. So he goes over there, and he grabs the recess, and he looks up. Oh, there's a Twix. Oh, man, I love Twix. Better go grab that. So he's kind of comparing them. Oh, there's a bag of M&M's. M&M's get me every time. Better take him. So he picks him up and he, Mom, can I? Where's Mom? Mom? Panic just hits, right? So you look for your mom. You, you throw the candy back. You look for mom. That's kind of how it was with Solomon. He's kind of like, how am I? Oh, hey, look. They're, they're in cross, cross marriage. Maybe I should do that. That girl that East. Hey, that girl, that, that Reese's. Yeah. So he grabs her, marries her, and he's like, oh, hey. She's to the north. That Twix. All right. Grabs the Twix, marries her. And he's like, hey, oh, M&M's. That's a big bag of M&M's. I'm going to pick that one up too. So he gets the M&M's, marries M&M's, and he turns around and he's like, God, hey, I protected God. God, where are you? He went away from God, okay? It ultimately divided his family and the kingdom, this choice to do this. 
Solomon ended up with 300 wives and 700 concubines. If you don't know what that is, ask your mom. So it was a really bad and poor decision. Solomon was really smart, kind of like what I just talked about. Solomon is so smart, but he made a really, really, really stupid mistake. Stupid decision to do this and to disobey God. So I think that's why he wrote these verses. How about you? Why do you think he wrote these verses? He was beginning to see that information is not enough. Wisdom is not enough. Insight and experience are not enough. We need God. We need God. You don't need more common sense. You need a Savior. You don't need more information. You need a Heavenly Father, right? So in this one area, the wisest guy in the world decided that he would go against God, not trust God in his ways, not acknowledge God in his ways, and he paid dearly for it. He paid dearly for it. So the story of Solomon reminds us that it's not enough to have lots of information. We need God. I need God. I really need God. You guys need God. We need to acknowledge Him in every single one of our ways. Then, when we do, God says, I will make your paths clear. I will make it clear for you. If you acknowledge me, if you surrender to me, I'll make your path clear. It's that simple. So the question is this. Here's my question for tonight. Has there ever been a time in your life when you acknowledge God in all your ways. Has there ever been a time in your life when you've done that? What are you guys doing, doing right now? You're sitting down. You're listening to me teach, hopefully getting something from this. Do you ever do this with God? Do you ever just sit down, say, God, I'm here, I'm present, teach me. I want to know your ways. I'm here to listen. Convict me. I'm surrendering to you. You're surrendering your time to me. Surrender your time to God, too. Did you ever do that? Have you ever surrendered to God the things that you think you can control, but you know you can't? Have you ever prayed something like this? Hey, God, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to plan for. But I don't want my will. I want yours. I just want you. Did you ever pray that? Did you ever pray, God, I want this, but I just... I don't really care. I I really just want you. Take my life. If you don't acknowledge God with your future, eventually you may choose a path that takes you where you don't want to go. If you do, your Heavenly Father, God, God's not going to hunt you down and punish you or anything. He's not going to grab you by the back of the neck and he's not going to do that to you. No. He's going to be broken hearted from your sin and what you've been doing, but he'll meet you there on that day. When you have three bad choices, he'll meet you there. Some of you might not have surrendered any part of your life yet. Some of you guys are struggling with surrendering that certain area of your life. Yeah, I'm a believer, but I I can't give up my relationship. I'm a believer, but yeah, I can't give up my friendships. Some of you guys haven't given up any part of your life because you think you're too far gone. You're too far down 680 West, heading to Lincoln. Lincoln's really heaven because it's Husker football. But you're too far down that highway that you think you cannot come back. God wouldn't accept you. My grandpa's the same way. My grandpa thinks that he's too far down the road that God wouldn't forgive him of the things he's done. That's so false. That is a lie straight from Satan. God sent his son 
for us. Christ came on the earth, he died for us, and now he tells us when we're struggling with something, when we think we're too far gone, he says, whatever you're struggling with, that, I died for that. That's nothing. Get on my back. Let's go. This thing, this addiction you're struggling with, I mean, that's, that's cute. Come on, let's go. We'll be all right. So we are never too far gone, and God will forgive you of everything. God comes to us and says, I am greater than all of that. Come to me. Give it to me. I'll protect you from it. I'll keep you from that. Surrender to me. So if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, talk to somebody tonight. I urge you to do that. If you're struggling with surrendering a certain part of your life, guys, it's hard. It is so hard. When you have three bad options and they're all bad, just go to him. He wants you to avoid that day. He wants you to avoid that day, and it's hard. Guys, I just got through a time in my life um, this past summer where I was going through a lot. I didn't know what I was going to do with college, what I was going to do, where I would live, jobs. Um, family stuff wasn't, wasn't 100% good with, with like cousins and, and grandparents and sort of thing. I just wasn't sure. My friendships, my relationships just weren't, weren't all right. They just weren't right. And I thought I could control it. I just kept praying. I was like, God, you know what? Uh, I need your help. Help me. I don't know what to do. That'd be my prayer. It'd just kind of be that. It'd be, that'd be the end of it. Finally, one time I'm driving. Just got done talking to my dad. I'm driving down the road. And I just start crying. I don't cry. If you, if you know me, I never cry. I hate crying. I hate it. It's one of the girliest things ever. <laughs> but I started crying. I threw my hand up. I didn't throw both hands up because if I'm driving, I throw both hands up. But I wouldn't be smart. But I just kind of throw my hand up like, God, what do you want from me? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. What do you want from me? What am I supposed to do with this? I finally gave everything up to him. I stopped stressing. I stopped worrying about the future. And I just, I let God have it. Within two weeks, everything with family was fixed. I knew what I was doing for college. I knew what I was doing for jobs. I knew I was living my relationships with my friends, relationships with other people were, were good. Things got back on track really quick because I finally surrendered to God. Guys, it seems like it's pretty hard, and it is. It is one of the hardest things you'll do, but it is so worth it. So between now and next week, would you guys be willing to find time to answer these questions? Why am I so afraid to acknowledge God in the areas where I think I have control? Why am I so afraid to acknowledge God in the areas I think I have control, whatever that looks like? I thought I had control over what I was going to do for college. I thought I had control over what I was going to do for jobs, and I did to some, some extent. But was it what God wanted? Why am I so afraid to say, God, I'm going to acknowledge you in everything I do? Why is it hard to say that? Discovering the answers might be the next step for you guys in your life. Discovering those answers might be um, what you need to do next. But just remember, information and insight are not enough. Wisdom is good to seek out from your parents, from your grandparents, from your leaders, peers, whoever it is. That's, that's all great and amazing to do and it's smart to do, but it's not enough. We need God. We personally need God. He will save you from it all. And that relationship begins with surrendering.
It begins with surrendering. Sitting down, saying, God, I need you. What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Take the story of Solomon, for example. Remember that. Write Solomon on your hand. Somewhere you can remember it. Solomon got to the point where he was so far gone, nothing pleased him in life. Nothing. No amount of women, no amount of riches, no amount of livestock, nothing pleased Solomon. He said it is all in vain. And he went back to the roots. He went back to his roots. God, do you see the warning signs in your life? Do you surrender your life? Surrendering always precedes direction. It's the last point. That's what I want you guys to get from this, from this talk. Surrendering always precedes direction. If you guys need help surrendering part of your life to Christ, or all of your life to Christ, talk to us tonight. All right? Let's pray.